was little, my mom and I would spend our days thrift shopping. We'd scour every inch of the local Goodwill, pouring over the aisles and racks and shelves for hours at a time, three, four, five agonizing hours at a time. And no matter which store we visited, it always smelled the same. Musty with dust and age, thick with this stillness of waiting and the scent of old leather and shoe soles and cotton and rubber and hundreds of deodorants and perfumes and laundry detergents wafting through the air with each turn of a hanger. It's crucial when thrift shopping to turn every hanger because if you don't, if you don't examine every item and you miss that diamond in the rough, then you miss the hidden treasure that made the whole trip worth it. I would stand there at my mother's side hour after hour, just watching her turn those hangers. And every now and then she would make some kind of ooh or ah noise and plop a thing in our cart. And the cart would grow full and then over full until it was this massive wheeled tower creaking along beside us. And every now and then she would turn a hanger and look at me. This is so nice, she'd say. Don't you like it? I'll buy it for you. She'd Look at me expectantly, holding the thing out, ostensibly for my judgment, but really for my agreement. But that simple, do you like it, is a dangerous question to answer. Because if I said I didn't like it, I had to be prepared to defend my position, staunchly and bravely, like a five-year-old PhD candidate defending my thesis. Why didn't I like it? Hadn't I seen the brand name? Didn't I know how much it would cost in the store? What was wrong with me? Never mind that I was too young to know what brand names were or the price of things or that we very rarely shopped in the store or that I could barely understand why I disliked anything, let alone articulate such complicated feelings. I had to make up answers, any answers. The stripes make me dizzy, the color's ugly. I had to convince her. I had to account for my tragic lack of taste. I learned it was simply safer to hedge, to hesitate, to leave the decision to her and let the chips fall where they may. To pretend I didn't care, didn't mind, didn't have an opinion, or better yet, to not have any opinions about anything ever. And so through this infallible process, we'd come home, sweating under the weight of multiple bags of thrift store stuff, large bags, larger than garbage bags. And before long, I had so much clothing that my closet literally overflowed into a heaping mound that prevented the door from closing. I had so many toys, I couldn't name them all. Dresses, Barbies, stuffed animals, crayons, markers, books clutter that formed a solid crust over my bedroom carpet. When I got out of bed in the morning, I had to carefully pick my way through the crust just to avoid impaling my feet on some unseen pony or hidden treasure troll. And I tried to clean my room. Honest to God, I tried. If you looked at my report cards as a kid, you'd see I was a rule follower. I desperately wanted to be good and to be told how good I was. I'd spend hours trying to line up my toys and pack them away into little boxes and pack the boxes into little bins and pack the little bins into bigger bins and the bins on the shelf. But it was difficult. There were just so many things. I'd look up and it would be dark outside and I'd find I'd only cleaned a pathetic single square foot of bedroom. My dad spanked me for my messy room and called me a little pig, a spoiled brat. My mom spanked me grabbed me by the hair and called me an ungrateful devil child. She'd sob and pound her chest. How can you do this to me? She'd cry, and then she'd pinch me on the leg until I bled. How can you do this to me? I tried the guilt on for size, and I punished myself over it for years. After all, I didn't feel grateful. I didn't look at my things tenderly. 
I didn't line them up in perfect rows and cradle them like treasures, so maybe I was spoiled. Maybe I was a little pig, a brat and devil child. Maybe that's why my parents fought all the time. But eventually, I noticed what no one would tell me. For every bag of stuff my mother bought me from the thrift store, she'd buy herself two or three. She just had more rooms than I did. Bigger rooms. But eventually they grew full, then overfull until they overflowed just as surely as mine had. Worse than mine had. Eventually there was so much clutter you had to walk through the hallway sideways and wedge yourself between cardboard boxes just to watch TV. So you see, the thing about being a hoarder's kid is that nothing you own is really your own. Not your toys, not your mess, and not your guilt. Sometimes it's the world around you that's broken. Sometimes people hurt you even when you don't deserve it. And sometimes you can't clean up the mess. Wherever you go, there will be someone who tries to tell you who you are, what you should like, what you should want, what you ought to buy, and how you should feel. Like a spoiled brat, or like a housewife, or a working stiff, or some other supporting character in their story. They'll hold some shabby notion out to you, musty with age and the scent of someone else, and say, this is so nice. Don't you like it? Is there something wrong with you? But you don't have to agree. And you don't have to take that home. 